Hey guys, thanks as usual for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Once again this week, and once again, I've got to remind you, it would behoove me not to, that the best way to support this podcast is not only to subscribe whatever through whatever podcast app you use, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whatever you want to use, to leave us a, a rating, a review, do all of that. Spread the word about Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, but also be a part of our premium format available exclusively through Stitcher Premium. All you have to do is go to stitcher.com slash notsam. You can get access right away. Not only do you get this podcast each and every week, but completely ad-free, you will also get exclusively through Stitcher Premium, Captive Audience, a new show where I take somebody who would normally not be watching whatever wrestling show we're watching that week, and we do a watch-along together. The shows are anywhere from two to three hours long. We watch an entire show, uh, and it's, it's, it's really amazing. Last week, I had my wife sit down and watch In Your House Mind Games, probably my favorite In Your House match of all of them. And I explained to her everything that was happening. It's a very fun way to watch some of the best and worst shows all available on the WWE Network. Think about it as Mystery Science Theater 3000. But for the WWE Network, check it out. It comes out every other Monday exclusively through Stitcher Premium. Stitcher.com slash NotSam. Sign up, enjoy, and while you're enjoying stuff, you might as well enjoy today's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Happy Wrestling Podcast Day. Oh man, it's weird. I, I, I think we get spoiled. I know I get spoiled so easily as a fan. I'm sitting here going like, well, it's almost Friday depending on when you're listening to this. It's very close to Friday. It might be past Friday. Shouldn't there be some kind of live wrestling on a Friday? Like a massive pay-per-view, like the Greatest Royal Rumble? Hey, thanks for everybody to uh, tuned in on YouTube or Facebook or through the podcast feed and listened to or watched Peter Rosenberg and myself breaking that down. If you haven't yet, uh, it's all on YouTube. So much content over on the YouTube channel youtube.com slash notsam uh, all the interviews that have happened in the last couple weeks everything from Wrestlemania Radio Row the Adam Cole interview the Aleister Black interview Braun Strowman Paul Heyman an exclusive AJ Styles interview uh, I posted the interview with Brian Koppelman from last week's show where we uh, uh, reminisced about Bruno San Martino and Brian growing up a Bruno San Martino fan and you can watch the entire 90-minute bonus podcast uh, that we did on Saturday, Peter Rosenberg and myself. I talked to Peter, break down his road to get to the WWE, and then we spend a lot of time talking about the greatest Royal Rumble, as well as get interrupted by my wife after the dog nearly escapes. You've got to see it to believe it. It's the most dramatic greatest Royal Rumble recap that you're going to see or hear anywhere. It's on this podcast feed, but it's also available at youtube.com slash notsam. Now, there's a lot to get to this week, a lot to get to. Uh, of course, we will break it all down in the state of wrestling. We're going to go back to our traditional uh, top five stories segment, although there's a couple of things this week going on. Uh, Batista, uh, I, I, well, I don't want to spoil it all. There's a couple of things going on that don't quite fit into the state of wrestling, but we'll talk about them a little bit in... Uh, in the bridge segment that happens 
after the interview. Now, the interview this week, uh, last week, again, it was uh, the great Brian Koppelman, who's the co-creator of the show Billions. But if you listen to that last week, you got a peek into his mind. And I hope, I think a lot of you did, realized what a massive, massive wrestling fan this guy is. I really had no idea until I talked to him for the first time how true to this, not new to this, he actually is. But it was great hearing from somebody like that who can tell a story but is also legit like one of the biggest Bruno San Martino fans anywhere. So check that out if you haven't. This week, uh, another trip into this here glorious Not Sam studio. Corey Graves made the trip up to the studio uh, and sat down. This is the first time. So Corey Graves has become somewhat of a regular on my show on Sirius XM, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. A lot of times Jim, who's a, you know, he's a touring stand-up comedian. He's got a Netflix special. He's very, very famous. He'll go away for some weekends to go tour various cities with his stand-up. And when that happens, I find myself without a co-host on a Friday. So a lot of the time, I'll call on Corey Graves, who's generally home from Raw and SmackDown and uh, can make it in. Uh, So we've done a lot of that, but it's been a while since Graves was actually on the wrestling podcast. I mean, well over a year, I believe, since he sat down and we caught up. I, I remember, you know, we talked a lot on the podcast when he was first transitioning over to commentary and when he first started doing it and got up to the main roster and all this stuff. But we haven't had a wrestling podcast conversation, something that we could share with all of you, since he became the voice of WWE, as called by Rolling Stone magazine. So right before he left for Saudi Arabia, we sat down and uh, caught up on everything that's been going on in his career. We talked the Booker T scandal. We talked wrestling journalists. We talked working with Jonathan Coachman. We talked Daniel Bryan's return, uh, how he found out, and whether or not it affected him. What he feels, now that he's removed from his career, as far as being an active competitor, how he feels about not returning, especially because he's developed this skill of, of being a commentator and, and done so well with it. So we got into all of that, and I share that with you this week. Uh, one of my favorite people, ladies and gentlemen, on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast this week, it's the savior of misbehavior. It's Corey Graves. Uh, let's go to the interview. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. For the very first time in the gorgeous Not Sam Studios, the voice of WWE, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Which is credible, I guess. I think so. I think that's, I mean, if I'm going to quote myself or quote anything to make myself look important, I feel as though Rolling Stone magazine is pretty pretty high up there. It's a legitimate news source. It's not like, you know... uh, uh, some weird wrestling website was like, he's the voice. And I was like, no, I read on Twitter, you're the voice now. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. it's real. It's news. I guess. But, uh, yeah, don't read Twitter because that's just where all the bad things happen. Well, yeah, that's I mean, on Twitter it said that you were actually – well, I won't even tell you what it said. It's Corey Graves. <laughs> Corey Graves is here. And it's been a long time since we did like a – we've done a lot of radio together. Right. But it's been a while. I feel like the last time we did a wrestling – interview podcast thing it was like right as you were kind of starting to transition into main roster commentary i remember i think i was the first ever two-time guest yes on the sam roberts wrestling podcast uh and i believe the second time was when dusty passed that's right and yes it so, was yeah, we've done actual radio radio together. right that's what we've been busy doing yeah, all this time we've done wwe things yeah 
this is it. And this this studio is still blowing my mind. Well, thank you. Very impressed. Thank you. I built it with you in mind just because I wanted <laughs> to make sure that the next time I saw you that you would be impressed by it. Um, what, do you, uh, what, do, what do you make of this thought now? Because the last time I talked to you about it, you were like, yeah, you know, I thought I was going to be a wrestler and now I'm just kind of learning commentary and I'm taking it as I go. You're now... You know, this. some people, depending on who you talk to, the second coming of Jesse Ventura, the second coming of Bobby Heenan, the voice of WWE, like, you have been so accepted in the role that you're in to the point that you're the only person, for better or worse, that's not affected by the fact that uh, the pay-per-views are now dual-branded. You're just doing just as much work yeah, anyway. Because anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you go to all the shows anyway. You're the only one. You're the only one on the roster who, when you found out that the pay-per-views are now dual-branded, you were like, oh, less work, because there's like three less shows a year that's or something. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, I went, wow, that's that's three less days I have to be on pay-per-view and three less travel days involved. So. Right. But it's, it's, what's, your, what's going on in your mind right now? How do you look at what you do? I still don't look at what I do now. I think it's just like anything. It's my job, and I just do it, and mm-hmm. I go, and I don't try not to get caught up in it. Uh, The first time it really kicked in um, was after WrestleMania, after calling... This year? Yes. After all of this WrestleMania, I called the entire show with the exception of the two kickoff matches. Um, And then I did all of Raw, and then I did all of SmackDown. And I remember finally getting home after going to Florida for voiceovers and thinking to myself, I have never been this tired in my entire life. I wonder if anybody else is this tired. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there are people on you know, the crew guys work equally as hard. Of course. And, and they never get any sort of love. But um, yeah, I just, I'm just in a groove. So it, I don't even think about it. And I don't, I think that, that not enough people think about it too. Cause I think that you come across as genuine. I think that that's kind of the appeal, right? You come across as fairly genuine uh, when you're doing your thing and it's kind of effortless. Like it, it feels like, Corey Graves, he's a real person, and he's just giving us his opinion as an ex-performer on what's going on in the ring. But it was like that episode of SmackDown, I remember watching it and telling Jess, I was like, because I already, I'd come home on Monday from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. By Tuesday, I was out of WrestleMania world and back into regular Sam world and kind of forgetting that it's still going on. And I was going, I, I, I looked at Jess, I was like, I just realized, not as this still going on, but I started doing the math. I was like, he did six hours on Sunday. Yep. And then three hours on Monday. Mm-hmm. And this is two hours. We're at 11 hours of live. That's just the live stuff. Right. Live WWE commentary. And it's just sort of, this is what I do. It, was, uh, it wasn't difficult. I didn't prepare for much of it. I never do. I don't do a lot of prep work, but that's probably because I'm so surrounded by it all the time. Right. I don't really have time to forget what happened last week. It's information overload, and a lot of times I'll be like, oh my God, what, what am I even talking about in the middle of a sentence, which I just you know try, try to fumble my way through. Right. Um, well, yeah, you'll bring up a reference to New Japan or something when yeah, stuff yeah, that's, like that that's happens. Yeah, that's good. You know? And then, and then it's like, oh my God, you're going to get fired. You screwed up so bad. And I'm like, you know what? I, for, truthfully, I don't think anyone really noticed it, you know, in, in the truck or anything like that, because right. otherwise I'd have gotten got my balls busted pretty good. Um, Triple H noticed, and he busted my balls. He did. Yeah, that's uh, how you can tell. But, but at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, man, I, I've done you know eleven hours last week. This was hour four, or whatever three this this week. 
And I'm like, and I finally just said the wrong word. Right. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't blow anything. No. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm still a human being, and I've got more information going on in my head than I can possibly fathom. But um, I do. I, everyone had a good laugh about it. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I do about an hour every six weeks, and I said WWF instead of WWE, so right. it happens. It's weird. Even when I was reciting the name of your podcast, I felt a little dirty like I was going to get in trouble because I said wrestling. <laughs> that was another thing, actually. It was, it was, uh, I was directed to compare something as to more than a brawl, more of a brawl than a wrestling match, verbatim. Okay. I said that, and of course, Twitter went, oh, God. He's done. Is done. He's finished. He's finished. Yeah. He, he does, yeah, so it's it's amazing. He's got to stop working to pop the internet. I yeah. mean, he's using terms that he knows he's not allowed, and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's it's insane. It's absolutely well, insane. How, how has the exposure changed? Because, like, when I met you, when I met met you before we had any of these conversations, it was you were in flux. It was just after you were kind of you were figuring out where you're going next, but you weren't on TV. You weren't doing anything. Right. Now you're like the most exposed person, overexposed on the roster. I'm way too exposed, right? But everybody knows who I'm you are. Practically now. nude on the air. All exactly. The time. Um, how do you deal? How do you deal with that? I mean, that that's a giant sort of. It's actually a funny question, and I, I don't think it became so apparent again until New Orleans for WrestleMania because that's where I had my last match was Access before WrestleMania 30, and the night before. Isn't it crazy that that was only four years ago? Yeah, it's insane. Right, it's that seems like a lifetime it ago. Does, right, absolutely does. But I um. We we I was we were in NXT. NXT still hadn't really blown up, and the boys were able to roam Bourbon Street and do whatever we wanted to do. And you know the hardcore fans would recognize us, but it wasn't like a, a an inconvenience at any point. This time, I'm just trying to take my wife to dinner, and I'm literally being mobbed by people, and it's crazy. And I, in my mind, I'm like, well. I'm just doing the same thing I've done for four years. I'm right. just still me. Right. And then I go, oh, wait, like millions of people see me every week that never saw me back then. So, right. Uh, and it's it's still cool that I don't get recognized too much because I'm still like a lesser star. Like you have to know your WWE. People aren't just like, oh, hey, you're that guy I see on TV. Right. So it's and it's not, also because your voice is on TV more right, than your face A lot is. more than my face, yeah. thankfully. But um, it happens. It's cool. It's it's. It's flattering, definitely, at times. Um, also, it's kind of annoying that at 3 o'clock in the morning after I'm driving to wherever SmackDown is after Raw, after a three-hour show and then a four-hour drive, and there's some weird guy with his kids at 3 a.m. in the <laughs> lobby asking you to take pictures. It's like, oh, man, I just be asleep. really want to go to bed. And yeah. why are your children awake? Yeah, yeah. And But it's also like... Uh, you're going to deal with a lot more opinions about what you do now yeah, than I, ever before, right? Yeah, it was funny. Just the, the disconnect from when it was when I was doing commentary in NXT. And granted, it's a whole different animal. But it was a two-man booth. It was Tom and I, and, and we had a, a great rapport. And, but it's a whole different animal doing a taped show once a month with you know a bunch of internet darlings as the talent versus X number of live hours per week with the most polarizing stars in the business. I mean, God forbid I say something good about John Cena or Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Never mind the fact that I genuinely believe they're like the two most valuable guys we have. Right. But if I say something good, Twitter, oh my God, Vince definitely fed you that. <laughs> uh, and I go, like, Roman's my friend. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, I genuinely like the guy. Yeah, you know I'm really I mean? happy to see him succeeding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't like him, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to say things, you know, that. And yeah, once in a while, there's a narrative that's pushed that I go, this is stupid, but hey, a lot of zeros in my bank account as right. a result, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, I think it's it's also confusing to a lot of people because they see you as, like, you're, you're kind of reinventing what the role is, right?
right? Because you're you're like, oh, well, Corey's the heel commentator, and it's like, well, well, that's not not really right. I, I, I side with a lot of heel mentalities. Right, I can justify it because I generally was a heel as a wrestler, so I can justify just about anything. And a lot of times it's outrageous and ridiculous, and that's why I love saying it, because it's funny for me to be able to give some backhanded justification for something that was clearly wrong or right. messed up. Uh, so that just is me entertaining myself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not the bad guy commentator. That's that's passe, man. It was like, yeah. I mean, I think, it's really, I think it's really cool, for example, that like Elias shows up, right? And from the beginning, you're like, I hate that guy. Yeah. And then he starts to become like he's... As much of a bad guy as anybody is. Right. But he's also as cool right now as anybody is. Like, people love that guy. Right. And you haven't changed no, your tune. Absolutely. You're still that guy who's like, nope, all of you, I understand everybody <laughs> loves him now. He sucks. <laughs> Not into that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just fun. I mean, I a lot of the, the times it's, you know, some of the wor- the people I talk the worst about are some of my best friends sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's just for me to entertain myself and them to have a laugh about it and, and if if they only knew. You right. know what I mean? Do you have a tell? Like, is there a way that somebody watching at home can figure out if you really don't like anybody? Because, you know, I would imagine that there are people who are like, oh yeah, Corey hates Byron. And like, I don't think that that's true. No, I, I love Byron to death. Um, coach, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, usually if I'm not, if I'm truly not into somebody, I just won't talk about them. If I get right. quiet, I got nothing to say. So when a guy gets away with mistakes, you're like, ooh, Corey does not like that yeah, guy. Yeah, right? yeah, I just, I'm like, all right, you know, I got no time for it. I, I don't know. But yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, um, and that's just more of, I've gotten to the point now where I'm, I'm kind of tired at points. Mm-hmm. I was on, I still am on such a roll, like nonstop, and I haven't had a week off or in any way, shape, or form in like four years now. I don't see how you could at this point. No, no, I can't. And I love it. That's what keeps me going. But like, I finally got to a point where I go, you know what? I just, I got nothing this segment. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I need to catch my breath. My throat hurts. I've been talking. My my throat still hasn't recovered from WrestleMania. I feel like I've been swallowing razor blades. Um, But every once in a while, I'll just go, you know what? Byron, you take this one. Like take this segment, Coach. Hey man, I'm I, help me out here. Yeah, because <laughs> usually I'm like so so take charge, and it's it's either Tom and my, myself or Cole and myself. We have such instant chemistry, and and we can read each other's minds and finish each, finish each other's thoughts. Um, and then so the, a lot of times I almost forget there's a third guy there. It's right. not nothing intentional. It's just you get in the zone and you get excited and you get fired up. And then every once in a while, I just go, oh, wait, I got to breathe. <laughs> just, you, know, like, you, you didn't pace yourself there. Yeah, like, I get really burned out sometimes. But, yeah. um, and it's great when you get burned out in the middle of a three-hour live show. It's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. There's right. nothing better than that. Yeah, you just sit there. I mean, it's one of those things where I would imagine when you first start doing it, you go like, okay, because like, you don't really know until you do it, right? Right. And when you start doing it, do you have this moment where you go, okay, I'm getting the flow of this. And then immediately after, oh, my God, this is for the next three hours. Yeah, well, WrestleMania was weird because there it was. I think it was after the Ronda Rousey match. I went, oh man, that was fun. We got to be on the home stretch, right? And I looked at my run sheet and I went, we're not even halfway there. Oh no, <laughs> what am I gonna do? And then I just just powered through. There's uh, Red Bull, man. Red Bull. Yeah, that's that's the way I get to stay and, hyped up. And do you consider yourself like were you? I would think that as a as a commentator, as a person who tells the story, that you had to feel lucky about this WrestleMania because the majority, if not all the matches 
had a story. Like, there are plenty right. of WrestleManias. You go back through the WWE Network, you can find shows where you're like, this match has no... There's no, no purpose, reason right. for this match. Every, as long as WrestleMania was this year, mm -hmm. every single match had a reason for being. You're right, and, and that definitely made my job easier, especially considering I told all of the stories on both brands leading up to it. Yeah. Physically, I mean, I literally recited these stories to, to why we're here, so it was just like, it was a lot of recall. Right. And I got to get lost in the in the action, and call, what Cole and I always t talk about is pay-per-views are actually the easiest shows to call. Because you're just calling wrestling matches, right? And you're you're right. bringing up the stories and and you're you know conveying the emotions, but the stories and the selling is all done, right? This is what we this were selling. Is this what is we the were product. Selling. Here's yeah. the product. Now here's what you enjoy. Whereas Raw, you've got okay, hey, we got to do this. We got to have this Make a Wish package, and then you come back and we're thrown to a backstage, and oh wait, that segment's dead. Oh, we're out of time, and it's chaotic, right? And I love and, it. and let's push this agenda, right? Whether it's WrestleMania is coming up, whether it's next week we have this going on, whether it's in the third hour that's happening, there is something. This past SmackDown was exhausting in that we were in the midst of the superstar shakeup. Mm -hmm. We were selling Greatest Royal Rumble, right? And then we're selling Backlash, which is like a week or two after that, and you can't. Now the greatest Royal Rumble kind of came out of nowhere. Right, like it wasn't like we knew this was coming for a long time, and they just went, "Oh, hey, surprise! We're doing it here." Right. So backlash kind of had no choice but to take a back seat, but also we don't want to make it less than that's no. our first big co-branded pay per view, and it's going to be this relaunch. So you were selling all these different things amidst trying to tell stories and superstars coming over back and forth. That was one. That was probably one of the the most exhausting shows I've done. And do you take responsibility? Because in my head. It's not just you have to okay they're they're giving you all this stuff to sell and you have to read it. It's like you I would think are the one responsible for making this make sense to me. As I watch at home, I'm trusting Corey Graves as he explains to me Superstar Shakeup, Greatest Royal Rumble, Backlash. You have to make that all make sense to me and line it up in my head. Right, and that's more more of the weight that falls on Tom and Cole as the straight guy, the play-by-play right. -play guy. Um, they, that's their primary responsibility is the traffic, but that doesn't lessen my responsibility in that I still have to sell it. And to, to your point, yeah, you can tell Michael Cole can tell you when it is or why you know what all the details about right. it. Right, but it's up to me and Coach or me and Byron to make you want to see it yeah why okay i know when it is but why why do i right, want to right, i got exactly. a lot of stuff going it's, on it's a look think of like a movie trailer you know what i mean right you, see, you know when the movie starts but it's when you see all the the little the tweets and the rolling stone says this and this so and michael it, cole is the in a world guy and then you and coach uh, are like Cisco, action action, action. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to make make or break things right right that makes sense to me um do you but, but your preference is just getting to sit there and tell the stories of these matches. Yeah, I, that's why I enjoy Raw over SmackDown, just because I have the time to tell these stories. Right, you got the extra hour. SmackDown is such a fast-paced show, at least on our end. Sure. It's, as soon as you get into a story, it's like, bam, segment's done, got to go to this next thing. Raw, generally the segments are a little bit longer. Sometimes you'll have a two- or three-segment match where you can really get in. And that's where I feel like I... That's what I do best, is I can kind of flesh out a character. Or I can add something or... or add a layer to the story that maybe wasn't already told right because i have the time to do that right so that that's why i enjoy raw over smackdown but that's that's literally the only reason i mean the talent's awesome on both and, and i have fun yeah, especially now both. yeah yeah I think oh the my Super god Shake Up was incredible yeah 
But um, yeah, that's that's my only thing because that, that's so what if I they, enjoy. If they came to you and said like, "All right, we understand like your workload has been crazy," and you know maybe part of it is we just want to throw you into the deep end to really get you accustomed to this, so now you're ready for anything. We're just gonna have you on one show. You would choose Raw. If I were put in that situation, if yeah, yeah but I, I'm honestly like I have no desire to stop doing both. You're I, happy doing I everything. I love doing everything. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I did read on the internet though that I was gonna be replaced soon. Um, I saw that too. Yeah, so that, it, uh, that was news to me. Yeah, no, a woman's replacing you, is yeah, that right? Yep. Yeah. Beth Phoenix, maybe. Possibly Beth Possibly Phoenix. Possibly Beth Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I don't know, Aja Kong could be. Could be. They, I've heard Bull Nakano has been practicing up her uh She's golfing. Her English. She's, she's, she's just golfing? She's a pro okay. golfer, I think. Okay, so she's actually probably all booked up. Yeah, then. yeah. yeah she'll be, uh, I'm definitely being replaced because the internet said it, and you know, it must be true. Now, did you ever, when you first start commentary on the main roster, were you ever one of those guys that got paranoid when you read rumors and were like, oh, because, you know, there is stuff that you, you wouldn't know was going on, right? So do you ever get read something on the internet and go like, oh, let me go talk to my boss about this because even no, in the beginning. I'm sure there were times. Sure. More so when I was a talent, when I was a wrestler. Right. I would get freaked That's interesting. out by that. Especially there, there was, used to be this weird disconnect uh, between developmental and the main roster. This is before this NXT. This is before NXT. This is FCW days. Right. And we were kind of an island unto ourselves. And you've got myself, Rollins, Ambrose, Reigns, Bray Wyatt. I mean, a who's who of, of who's up there now. Yeah. And nobody told us anything. No one knew if anybody was ever going to get called up. And I, I've, I've used the comparison in the past. It was like Toy Story. The claw with the aliens. Yeah. Everyone's kind of in this thing going, yeah. oh, it's always better up there. But no one knows when the, the master or the creator or whatever is coming to get... And then all of a sudden, the claw would come and go, oh, there goes Cesaro. And then you just never saw him again right. until he was on TV. And in your head, it's like, well, Rollins is the champion, so he's the next guy. Right. Except Cesaro's the next guy. Except this guy's the next guy. Whatever. And then you're going, I don't even understand the you logic. Have no idea. There right. seemed to be no rhyme or reason. And then NXT started, and, and Triple H took over, and there became a lot more synergy. And now, I mean, it, it's I go down to the performance center. I don't even know half the people there, and mm -hmm. I'll probably meet them when they're on Raw. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't. Okay, nice to meet you. You did what? Oh, all right. Hey, yeah, he's the Intercontinental Champion now, guys. <laughs> it, it's it's gotten so tight and so fast. And, yeah. And, and it just there, there's there's a, seems to be a little bit more rhyme and reason than there was back in the day. But yeah. it used to be very very weird. Well, and and I mean, you know, the performers are also they're probably not. I'm sure they're eager to get to the main roster because there's a lot of differences, but it's not the same as going from a warehouse in Florida to Monday Night Raw when, you know, every three months or so you are in an arena for a pay-per-view. When we used to have to do street team, if you can ever, if you ever ask like Seth Rollins or any <sighs> of the FCW guys about street team. I mean, I know street team from radio. It, like, is, it is what it was. Well, yes. Uh, we had to do it for our own shows. We, we were tasked. They would put three or four of us in a car. And wherever the show was, like, next month. And by the way, it's not like you and Rollins and Ambrose and all these guys are anonymous. We didn't have careers before this. Like, Well, I mean, I, I remember getting signed going, wait a minute. This is WWE? Right, exactly. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, so we go from, you know, myself to a lesser extent. But, you know, Rollins, yeah. whoever, we're, we're in a car. We have to drive four hours to the other side of Florida uh, to go hang posters 
on on <laughs> telephone poles and go walk into businesses and like sometimes you would be on the poster and you go hey can we put this in the window of your pizzeria and sometimes they would say yeah absolutely and other times like the cops would be yelling at us because we're breaking ordinances from hanging posters right and it was all just part of the job and you know wow. I go back home and be like man this is great this was way worth the five hundred dollars a week I'm making and trying to support my family off of this is WWE and, and is that what it was it was just like the dream is so much to be in WWE and this is the route to get there yeah I'm going to that was stay it. the it, course it, it wasn't it wasn't even really an option if you wanted to go to WWE that's how you did it right and like I said I mean the names that I just listed everyone went through it from the ground up now now you got guys coming in from NXT that are getting deals to go to NXT, which God bless them. Like, uh, they, yeah, like, sure. I, I would have done the same thing if it was yeah. ever an option. Um, and, and NXT does their live tours, and the guys get buses, and it's it, it's a, it's a it's a sort of a shock to your system even now. So, no, that wasn't an Adam Cole pun. And then, see, shock to the system. Uh, yeah, see, I, <laughs> you really do know everything. I know everything. <laughs> um, but do you do you ever have like a a furrowed brow or anything when you hear? An NXT guy going like, you know, oh, I thought I would never leave the Performance Center, and you're oh, like, yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it, it's hilarious to me. Even some of the, the guys and girls that are on the roster now, they're like, oh, I fought so long and so hard to get here, and I never thought I'd make. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You never worked here when there was not the Performance Center. Right? There's a lounge. There's always been a lounge. We used to get changed in the men's room of a warehouse with one shower. Right. It was awful. Right. You know what I mean? And we had 20 people come to watch us. I love that. That's like. It's always those little things, those little frustration points. You're like, you have a lounge. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? There's a lounge. There's a functional refrigerator at your disposal <laughs> at all times and multiple showers. Right. Right. Okay? There's no padlock on the Gatorade thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed as many as you want. That's right. We used to have to wait around for Steve Kern's wife to like open things up after the show and then we have to pay her anyway. Right. I just sorry, boy. 30 minute match. Like, sorry, yeah, boys. No Gatorade tonight. Three bucks. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't get the gate. No Gatorade yeah. tonight. <laughs> House was kind of light. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's funny, and again, it's nobody's fault. It's just it's the no. culture has changed. Even I mean, I've been with the company, now. and it's changed for the better. It's just oh, 100%. as a person who had to deal with that, you should be able to have a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah, and, and it's and, it's it's just it's something you just kind of just shake your head now. I feel right. like an elder statesman and going like. Can you believe this guy? <laughs> I remember. I remember back in NXT. Oh, you used to, we used to, Oh, back in NXT. Yeah. What are you talking? <laughs> like I'm sure there's there's You're, people in, that have been around since OVW days are going like, wait, are you kidding me? FCW. God, that was the place to be. You guys right. had it lucky. Right. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Tell, tell Cena or Shelton right. Benjamin or, or Orton is sitting there going right. like, oh, really? FCW was tough, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll bet it was. Yeah. Um. So what was it? Uh. What was it like bringing Coach on? To the raw commentary team because it was such like a, uh, uh, you know, you and Booker and Cole had this thing and you had your role of being there whenever Booker made a mistake to point out that Booker made a mistake and I and I was kind of you know thinking about that as I saw that it like it, it when it transitioned to Cole I mean to to Coach you didn't change in the sense that like I'm still gonna be here to bust balls but I'm going like is Coach used to that does he it's, know Graves? It's funny you bring that up because uh, by design, his first few weeks because I don't know Coach well on, on right. a social level. I mean, I'm cool with him. I, we've hung out like a handful of times, you know, socially. But you work um, together. Yeah, that's, that's, I, but I don't see know, him on I Monday. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Him, you know right. what I mean? 
uh, which is different. Whereas Booker, by the time we were doing Raw together, I'd worked with him at the studio every week for a year and a half and spent all day with him. So right, we people had, forget about those Raw pre-shows that right, were in Stanford. That, right, yeah. we had, and we had a chemistry. We'd go to the hotel bar afterwards and, and right. just talk business and, and have fun. Um, so, so I had a rapport with him already. So Coach, was he was kind of the square peg in the round hole. And so the first few weeks, I was like, I'm not going to come at him too hard just because I wanted to want him to get get back into it you know what i mean it's not like something you just pick up overnight and go oh yeah i'm back doing raw commentary yeah so i i kind of gave him a little bit of slack and then after about three or four weeks i was like i'm getting a little more comfortable <laughs> i'm gonna take like, just a light jab here right and, there. and he, he reacted fine to it yeah and then i was like okay all bets are off so now <laughs> i'm just like i just sit there and wait for him uh, you know i'm just it just, really does seem like you're just sitting there in the cut just wait. Say I one am, thing. I'm like I'm like a tiger in the weeds, just waiting, waiting for the baby deer to. Walk. I mean, <laughs> there was the tweet that went out that was like, he he said, uh, "Carry verb what I do to Corey Graves and Michael Cole," and you just go, "That's an adjective." <laughs> it's just like there it is. Yeah, there it was. Has he? Has there been anything that he's been like? Crazy. No, like no, or cool. he's cool. No, he's cool. About That's it. what I it's, thought. It's, yeah, it's just part of the game, you know. What I mean? Right. We, we three hours is a long time to talk about anything, and you got to keep yourself occupied and entertained. My favorite thing, though, is you can tell when he's been tweeting on the air because <laughs> he'll literally repeat something or just say something that means nothing. Yeah. And then you'll look because we, we all like scroll through Twitter during the show. Sure. And coach just sent out like a coach him up tweet, and then he'll say like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be a great match." And you go, "Thanks, coach. We just spent." the last five minutes saying that. Yeah. we know that so i do so, like you but you don't even like let it kind of go under the radar you're like coach you need to get off twitter <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool it's it's i think the longer we Which work together funny. the better it's gonna be you know yeah I mean? yeah it's, exactly but but that's i mean that's one of my what i i love when it becomes exasperated uh michael cole and Corey graves <laughs> when you're like Rhino, because <laughs> it's just like poor coach, like just made a mistake, and he's and yeah, and you guys were there to to point it out, which like you know I do that on the radio. I think people do it with their buddies yeah, at home. You do. Like well, that's that's our when whole somebody vibe. messes up, right? You're like ah, you messed up. You're you're, you're busting balls, that's right? What buddies do, right? Like, right. In any walk of life, if you're sitting at a bar watching a football game right. with your friend, and something happens, whether he says something stupid, something happens on the game. You make fun of it. You laugh. That's what we do as a society, as people. Like that's just how you function. Right. That's no different when I'm calling raw. If Byron says something ridiculous, which Byron sets himself up so well, like he's the perfect straight guy for that. You know what I mean? He, right. He he says stuff. Sometimes I wonder if he even realizes it. Mm -hmm. But he he as a person is this kind-hearted, nerdy, wonderful guy. Right. So he'll say something dumb about sunshine and rainbows and I go, "Oh my god, that was a that was a, just a, a lob, man. You just floated one at me." <laughs> but and, he but he but he thinks the best. He's like he's like, "No, why would why would anybody right. think negatively of exactly. this?" Exactly. But but he's just he's your your one buddy. Everyone's got that one friend that's right. just come on, man. Right. So that's all it is. It's it, and I, it's funny people go, "Oh, they get caught up in it. You're you're taken away from the match." Trust me, guys. This match is going to be fine with or without us. We're just there, just getting through the. And and it's like a for to me anyway. And it might sound like I'm blowing smoke because you're sitting right next to me, but this is how I really feel. Like when I'm watching, I like the idea of all of you guys, especially Michael Cole, who's just there. You go through the WWE Network and you find stuff in in the '90s, and he's on there. He's been on that show for so long. The fact that it audibly sounds like you guys are having fun together on that show. I think it's like it just adds to the experience. These I'm having fun watching 
these guys at the commentary table are having fun being a part of this. And that's the goal. And I remember when I first started to learn commentary, that was Michael Cole's his advice. Well, we want this to sound. You're not Howard Cosell. This isn't a broadcast. You don't need to know all the stats. You are buddies watching a game and having fun. That, yeah. that was his goal. That was maybe his his vision of what he thought ultimately he would want. And I feel like we we've definitely accomplished that for the most part because I, yeah. I, I'm with my best friends all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm become super close with Cole. Tom's always been one of my best friends, despite what everyone thinks. I love Byron to death. Right. Uh, so so that's literally Booker. You almost, Booker. There's heat. Oh yeah, Booker. I'm afraid <laughs> to go to Starbucks. Still. Uh, you know. I'm sure Corey Graves won't mind me interrupting him for just a moment. We'll get back there, but I need to take the opportunity to tell you guys there is a very easy way. To be a part of WWE events, wrestling events in general, you can, I'm sure you get Ring of Honor, concerts, comedy shows, other sporting events, football, baseball, whatever you want to do, Broadway. If you're going to New York City, there's an easy way to be a part of all of this live and in person. After WrestleMania, I heard all these stories from people that said go, just being in attendance at a WrestleMania was a dream come true. It's something they always wanted to do. I don't know if you guys realize how easy this can be. For instance, SummerSlam. It's coming to Brooklyn again. This might be the last year that SummerSlam is in the Barclays Center. And if you haven't seen it here, along with NXT and Raw and SmackDown, it's a weekend you want to be a part of. I can't get you to Brooklyn. But if you can get you to Brooklyn, I can help get you into all the shows. How? Through SeatGeek, of course. SeatGeek is the best way to get tickets anywhere. You guys know I look into this stuff. Okay, I do not like getting ripped off, and I don't mind paying attention to the details. I'm a sneaker collector. I'm a wrestling memorabilia collector. I know how to find a place that's credible and gives you the best value, and that's what SeatGeek is. I have it on my phone, just saying. Look, all you need to do is download the SeatGeek app on your phone. Once you do, you'll be able to open it up. It can, you can use your uh, location. You can find events near you. You can look up concert performers. You want to see Bruno Mars? Look up Bruno Mars. You know, you want to see WWE? Look up WWE. Look up WrestleMania. Look up SummerSlam. Look up whatever, NXT. Whatever you want to look up. Ring of Honor. Look it all up. And they're going to show you events near you. You can click on it. You can see the seating chart. You can sit where you want to sit. You can get the ticket for the best value because everything is ranked on a system. They go through all the ticket sites to find the best prices. You're going to get the best deals anywhere. And tickets are 100% guaranteed, authentic, no embarrassing moments, no disappointments, just ease and peace of mind knowing you're getting the best deal and the best experience. It's all at SeatGeek. And if that's not enough, you're saying, Sam, still, I don't know if I want to spend the money. What if I gave you $20 off? What if, just for downloading this podcast and listening to this, I could get you $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek? Well, I can do that. All you need to do is download that SeatGeek app, put in the promo code SAM. A lot of you have, you're, you're tweeting me about it, emailing me about it all the time. I love hearing that you guys are utilizing this deal because I believe in it. The promo code is SAM, S-A-M. On the SeatGeek app, you put that in, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. You can't go wrong. Do it today and now. Back to Corey Graves. <laughs> Although Booker did tell me, because you know Booker was a part of WrestleMania Radio Row, right? and he insisted all weekend that he was now 
a dirt sheet writer. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept yelling from his from his table while he was doing his radio show. I feel dirty. <laughs> oh my god, book. He's incredible. I, I think he's going to be around. To do, I think he's filling in for coach a couple weeks coming up. So that's going to be fun. That yeah, that's right well. back in the saddle because coach has some other obligations because he's got like eighty jobs too. So he's he's yeah. got something else he's doing that week and. I think book's going to be back, so I'm looking forward to that. Were you surprised? I mean, we've told the story and we've covered it on our show a ton, but were you surprised not just at how seriously a lot of people took the Corey Graves-Booker T thing, which was, I mean, so obviously silliness, but how seriously people took the aftermath to the point that it was a whole, like, hey... It, we're it, journalists and you're not in character when you do this and you were in character when you do that and like right well it, it's funny like i was shocked that it was a thing to begin with at all mm -hmm. I, the fact that, and we're talking about of course when 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 booker went on his radio show and said that Corey is the reason that he lost his job and that he wouldn't do anything at work but if he, he sees me outside if he see, yeah how about how that, about that? Yeah. if he sees Corey graves uh, the quote was at starbucks yeah <laughs> It would be a problem. <laughs> don't don't let me catch that, that dude coming out of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not gonna do it in the airport. I'm not yeah. gonna do it at work. But don't let me catch him coming out of Starbucks. So you know, obviously, it turns out that uh, <laughs> Booker's joking around, and it's also so uh, on a couple levels. Like first, people thought it was like it's a work, and they're they're it's an angle, right. and it's like we we're gonna build to something. And it's like no, just two guys goofing around, but. To me, what, what the real surprise was, was once it was shown to be what it was, a lot of people started kind of feeling a certain way about it. They, they Everyone got butt hurt. They got really upset. Yeah. Everyone was really sad about it. And, and, and I don't know if it was because they got outsmarted because everyone thinks that they know every aspect of the wrestling business. That, was, is, that was never our goal. Right. There was never a goal at all. It was two guys messing with each other. <laughs> Just Nakamura and I did it the other day on Twitter. I right. tweeted him something, and he tweeted me back and forth. Sure enough, man. I saw it. He did tweet exchange. I'm like, <laughs> Twitter exchange. Did you even read it? Like, it was literally I'm joking about something that happened. Right. And people, man, they just want to blow everything out of proportion. And it's there was never a goal. There was never a payoff. There was never a reason. Right. It's, if you and I are sitting out in your front yard and someone walks by and hears us telling jokes to each other and they decide to run with it and say that we were in a heated dispute. Right. Okay. Like, Fine. what am I going to do? That's yeah. not because we're not trying to set something on fire here. Uh, we're not... And by the way, if anybody were to do that, I'd be like, you're damn right. Yeah. I hate that Corey yeah, Graves. And I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know why I was at my house. <laughs> I mean, that exchange shouldn't have happened at my house. I never would have invited him over. It just showed up. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, but the aftermath was, was weird. There were some people who were really mad. And... Do you feel like you've recovered or is that sort of quote unquote wrestling journalist uh, uh, section of people? Are they still kind of being like Corey Graves is the enemy? I I don't or know. You don't man. know. I don't really. I honestly don't pay that much attention to right. it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'll read some stuff from time to time. Sure. I, I love the business, and and I honestly learn a lot of stuff from those sites that that I wouldn't have known about WWE. You know, even though I work there. Right. You're but, like, oh, this is like, all like, fake, and weird, then it happens. Weird stuff like injuries or whatever. Right. Like, oh my god! Like this dude's hurt. I just saw him yesterday. I don't know. But um, yeah, but it's it's not anything I put any stock into. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, if they like me, awesome. Mm -hmm. If they don't, my paycheck still clears. And if yeah. you know, it is what it is. I, I do. I want to be beloved. Absolutely. Everybody does. Everyone does. It's yeah. human nature. But if I offend somebody because I was entertaining myself, well worth it. Right. Right. And at <laughs> Any the end day of the week, at the end of the day, you're still 
figuring out how to live your dream. Yeah. Right? In a, in a world where it was put in front of you that you're not going to be able to live your dream. You're figuring out how to actually live it. Maybe even bigger than you sure, would have. Absolutely, man. I, I look at a lot of the guys that I came up with that aren't here anymore. And, and they, yeah, who knows? they made it, so to speak, and then it just didn't work out. Right. I could absolutely have been in that same boat. There's no reason I you know, could have got called up and six months later they got bored with me or I pissed somebody off and no longer there. Yeah. I, like, I like that the audio is going to include the, the strange child coughing in the background because right. my son has a complete <laughs> inability to be quiet. I like that the audio is going to include your son coughing and you care far more about uh, the podcast yeah. than oh, yeah. figuring out if your son he's has fine. any sort of yeah. health issues. Shut yeah, up, no. Cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Sit down, kid. You'll learn yeah. something. That's right. I got him listening to podcasts now. I'm like, he's going to learn about the business one way or another. Do you Are your kids wrestling fans? Well, it's funny you should ask. Uh, they went to their first Raw recently. And they'd never been in person. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I will say I was disappointed because... Uh, you know, I have my all my wrestling stuff down here, right. the, the, the action figures, everything. And uh, your your boy was was looking through all the stuff, and he goes, "Oh, who are those guys again?" And Graves said, almost ashamed, "Those are the Road Warriors. You should, I should have." And it's not it's not your son's fault. You should have. It was it's totally taught him. me. That's I'll, you. I, I will absolutely take it. I purchased the Road Warrior figures for him, so he knew. So he knew. That, right. Like, listen, you don't have to know a lot about wrestling, right? But you need to know these guys, right? Very, very important figures. And uh, so they go to they go to Raw. Your kids, yeah. And my uh, my son is obviously the oldest. He's about to be ten, and he had a good time. He's not enamored with the business in any way, shape, or form, which is cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd much rather him, you know, do something productive with his life. Than be one of us who's just, uh, just a, stuck locked into yeah, this thing. A degenerate and, you know. Yeah, um, we just, and by the way, it's not because, it has nothing to do with any sort of paycheck or business. It's because for whatever reason, people like me, people like you just cannot leave the wrestling business alone. It's just too, I mean, it, it's either ingrained in your soul or it's not, right? Right, right. right. It's, it's, a, it's an illness. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> I am constantly feeding my wrestling addiction and my wrestling habit. Uh, but my middle daughter was the one who was really blown away. She uh, she's eight, and she she's shown some flashes of fandom in the past. Uh -oh. um, she's she's a Bailey fan. Yeah, um, which understandable. Like, what eight year old girl wouldn't love right. Bailey? Um, it's good that she's not a Sasha Banks fan because you probably yeah, couldn't listen I, to your I commentary then. Wouldn't let her live in the house. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to leave now. Good luck in your future endeavors. The um, things you say about. Her. Yeah, she she was really uh, really into it, and then my youngest yeah. turns out closet Oscar fan to the point where, as I was leaving for work that morning, mm -hmm. she said, "Daddy, can I paint a black thing on my face like Oscar?" She wants the stripe, the stripe, which I didn't realize my daughter even knew who Oscar was because, Dude, and that is so deep into Oscar for for a kid that age. Like you would think the mask, right. Pink hair, yeah, no, like no. that black stripe is like the. Six or seventh thing that you notice. Yeah. Right? But she, she was into it. And then she drew a picture of Asuka. She was bummed out because Asuka was not on Raw because of Superstar Shake-Up. She ended up on SmackDown. Yes. So my youngest daughter was very, very unhappy with me, as though I control these things. Right. Um, Why wouldn't but, you have told Asuka to come? Right, right. I, I was going to be here. Yeah. And um, I showed Asuka the photo that my daughters had drawn of her. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was very flattered, or at least being polite to me. So she <laughs> had my feelings. Um, but yeah, so who knows? Weirdly enough, like I said, my, my son, he, he he's cool with it. If it's on, he watches. And he, yeah. Whatever. I like this guy. I like that guy. But um, yeah, my daughters are the ones I got to worry about. Yeah. Just, that's a real terrifying thought. Well, look, that's the way the business is going. That's the way everything's going. That's the way culture's going. You know, it it's, is. it's that sort of this. Uh, you can predict. It, it, there's no boys' stuff and girls' stuff really anymore, right? 
I don't think so. I yeah, think, I think they've kind of broken down the barrier. I learned about that at the uh, the Brony convention that I went to. I remember us talking yeah, about the yeah, Brony it, convention. It's, it's fandom. Everything is for everybody. Right. Balor Club is for everyone. Is that what it's That's called? That's the only club. <laughs> I see. The Balor Club is the only club for everyone. <laughs> I understand. Um, speaking of injuries and stuff, uh, and I know I, I watched an interview that you did where you talked about it a little bit, but was the Daniel Bryan thing, Daniel, Bryan coming back, obviously headline is awesome news because right. absolutely as far as i mean brian daniel brian's an awesome guy he deserves to have this happen and like for fans it's amazing for this guy it's amazing for the story it's amazing but all that aside just for you based on your story was there any kind of weirdness or bittersweetness it or was definitely it was Bittersweet would be a good way to describe it. I was super stoked for Brian because right. he, he's a friend, and he, I've been a fan of his for a long, long time. Um, back to you know, back to the indie days, the American Dragon. He, I just thought he was the coolest dude. Yeah. Um, so I, the fan in me, the the WWE employee in me, was stoked. You have another top guy back in the mix. You have all these new incredible matchups. But to be sitting there ringside when it came down, and, and the entire arena is doing the yes chant, and it was a super emotional moment, and you could see it in Brian's eyes, and it was that was like one of the first the first times I ever had an issue separating reality from WWE because I'm there you know I, I was Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan you sure know I mean literally exact same situation I would just happen to be in NXT while he is a world champion right um so it, it was definitely Cash I'm gonna kill you if you keep coughing seriously that's, uh, that's... that's my son you hear in the background. He's never allowed to do anything with me again. This is going to be the last father-son hang of all time taking well, place in the Sam Roberts studio. Some parents use cough syrup. Others, death threats. threats. Of violence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you if you don't stop. Dad, I don't think I can go to school today. Well, if you're home, I'm going to kill you. So it's up to you. Up to if you, you. want to live, you should go to school. Yeah, okay. Right. All right. I'm fine. I feel better now. Enjoy your last moments on earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's turning into the murder house today right, while you're at right. school, so it's up to you. I'll either butcher you. I'm going to do my Leatherface impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have fun at recess. Yeah. Uh, but... Either math test or I chainsaw you to death. Right, it's right. up to it's, you. It's options. I mean, you've got to give kids options. You right? do. Yeah. You do. And then, you, and then you're a good dad. You let him make his decision. <laughs> you know? Cake or death. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so so the it was a, a yes. really weird moment to to be there at ringside and watch this and go like, man, could I have the same fate if mm -hmm. I, if I had chased it? Because I I'd never even entertained the thought. I was basically told like you're done, that's it. Figure right. something else out. And I did. And again, the company gave me the opportunity to do it, so I, I ran in every direction and I I landed on my feet. Right. Um. But it, it, it definitely just put some doubt in my mind, and I considered, I was like, you know what, do I go back and, and go through those tests to just to, to see if I could? Yeah, did it bring up feelings, too? Because I would imagine that at some point in the last four years, you let go of the wrestling thing. It did. It absolutely did. And, and I, for that to come back... It, it was it really kind of threw me for a loop, because I, you're right, I, I put it at least far enough out of my mind to where I didn't it didn't come up. You know what I mean? Right. Not to say it never once in a while. I'd be like, man, I really missed this thing. But but you're a commentator now. Right. You're right. not a wrestler. I, I had embraced the role at fully, and I still have. But mm -hmm. it definitely kind of whatever little cabinet in my mind I locked those thoughts away. Definitely pulled the door off the cabinet. So it, it it's kind of like, man, you never say never. And I I'm I'm love where I'm at, what I'm doing. Um, but it's just that it's like that that what if. 
Mm-hmm. That's like the one hole in my soul that will never actually be full. You know what I mean? I've, I've done a good job of patching it up. Right. But now it's like, oh man, is that still a thing that I could do if I, if I wanted to? So, and I, I don't want this to get misconstrued because you know how the internet is. It's not like I'm not pursuing a comeback, but I, I'm definitely looking into things just, just to see if I could. I mean, really, we're just I talking like about remiss. Not we're, to. Yeah. We're really just talking about emotions, right? right. We're not talking about no, professional no, 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 decisions no, no, no. and this is where not, I want to no. go. You're just like, it makes me feel weird that right. it, maybe it, I could have done something. It, it raises a lot of questions, especially it, it would be different if it had happened relatively soon after. But I'm like, I'm so far down this other path in my life. Right. I've, I've, I've looked past, you know what I mean? I, I've, I've totally embraced a whole another aspect of the business well, and, and you it, found this thing that you're really good at right, right, that you right. probably didn't know you were good at exactly and i probably never would have found out if, right. if it weren't for getting so it was, you know i hate to use the term blessing in disguise but maybe it was i think i have a lot more to add to the business behind the commentary desk than in the ring to right me, it, 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 does that mean that in my, somewhere in my mind i wouldn't love to have like a michael cole wrestlemania match I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I, and I don't. Want Does that mean to, you'd borrow the orange singlet? I would absolutely, borrow the orange singlet. Okay. Funny story. Uh, when Michael Cole was training for his WrestleMania match, I was an extra at television. He practiced the ankle lock on me. Really? Yeah. I told him that story. <laughs> I love that you remember that it's called the ankle. Oh, he brings it up on like a weekly basis. <laughs> He's undefeated at WrestleMania. He, he lets mean, you know? Oh, yeah. He lets everyone know. He's very, very proud of that. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, this might sound big-headed of me, but I'm really pretty sure I could have a better wrestling match than Michael Okay, Goldberg, well, tell me I this. Because I was actually a wrestler. Tell me this. They go, good news, bad news, Graves. I don't know if you've been noticing, but over the last uh, year and a half, we've been building a, a little tension between you and Michael Cole. You are getting your WrestleMania match. With Michael Cole? With Michael Cole. And by the way... Cole's going over. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I'm counting the lights. Let's do it the biggest way possible. No pride there. I'll go out there and bump and feed like a maniac for him. He'll look like Ricky Morton out there. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Speaking of WrestleMania, and this, I was thinking about this when you were talking about Roman Reigns. As a as a commentator, so you got you got you're 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 a person and you're a guy telling a story, right? From a human perspective, you're watching your buddy, right, Roman Joe, you know, be in the main event of WrestleMania again, which is never going to get old to watch your friend do that. That's a f- cool thing. You're also trying to tell a story where you're portraying Roman Reigns as this, like, w- one of, if not the most important people in the company right now. When it's a match like that that you're hearing the audience, right, and the audience is not cooperating with the match. The audience is chanting they're distracted the beach balls have come out what how do you do that because you're your your style of commentary is honest right so right you don't not acknowledge it but at the same time that's not the story that you want to tell the audience at home sure. is it? sure and I, i've been in a in a position like that uh a few times and i've I remember Neville always. Oh, I'm not, I'm not allowed to talk about him, right? No. Right, right. <laughs> Neville used to always compliment me because that that would happen. And there was one particular night where the the crowd had turned and, and they just weren't into whatever they were doing. And I said something about you know uh, the WWE universe doesn't realize right now they're inciting Neville and they're they're so firing him up. Part of the story that's so being I, told. And that's just and that was something that I thought of on the fly that went okay. I can justify it to people right. are smart enough. I I always hate. You never want to insult someone's intelligence, right? And and I know the boss has a big problem with that. Where he says you know, we never want to insult their intelligence. 
a lot of times it's a vocal minority that you hear about, you know, mm-hmm. the, i.e. the internet community. But when you've got an entire stadium full of people going one way, it's weird. But at the end of the day, you have to remember there might be 60,000 people in the building doing this one thing, but there are 2 million people watching on WWE Network right now. So who, right. are you, who are you trying and, to sell, you know? And it's not even right now, right? Like the, the commentary track is going to be what lives with that match in history. So history may look at that match very differently. Sure. And if you guys are lost, like I honestly think that history will look at that Roman Brock match differently because of the ending. And yeah. the fact that the audience was, you know, shocked. say what you want about that match. All the chants stopped because they were shocked. The chants were based on the fact that everybody thought they knew the match was going one way, and it went a different way, which really should be a lesson. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, just like give it a minute, and then, you know, take a big crap all over it if you want, but give it a second. But, yeah, I mean, if if you make it about the fact that the crowd is getting antsy, then you take away from this moment that is going to live in history, right? Yeah, and also I got I get a lot of stuff uh, with the the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know, the riotous crowd and everyone's crazy, and it's we, not your typical WWE yeah, crowd, is it? Yeah, sometimes they cheer who they boo and they'll <laughs> boo who they normally cheer because yeah. historically that's what happens. Of course, and again, we're not trying to insult those quote unquote in the know, right? But for as much as you watch WWE and you think you know everything about every aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. If you're that smart about the business, you realize that there are three million people watching at home that don't understand why Roman Reigns is being booed tonight. Oh, maybe not the best example. He's he's a more regular, but in the past, you know, the sure. Miz is getting getting this like the hero's welcome because because right. it's the smartest fans in that building and they appreciate talent and people that are doing things well or cool at the time. But if I only watch Raw once a month or I'm only I just saw WrestleMania let me watch Raw oh Miz is a good guy right they go or oh, why Why is this and that's all it is it's a yeah. disclaimer for the majority of people that we, we entertain right the majority that's it I mean all the time and, and again I must have gotten 500 tweets mm-hmm. between those two nights Graves cut it out get <laughs> off it I didn't write it it wasn't my idea. I understand it completely. Yeah. And guess what? When you start signing my paychecks, I will say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> is, that, is that a value? Is that how valuable is it? Because I'm sure it's valuable. But the fact that like commentary is the storytelling, which means Vince McMahon and Triple H and everybody that's in charge in WWE is aware and is explaining what the purpose of this is. I feel like the commentators have this kind of amazing perspective of how what the company philosophy is in terms of presentation, which I think can be very valuable inside and outside of WWE. Well, it is. I, th- I guess we, we kind of are tasked with bridging the gap uh, yes. between, between the, let's say, the creative team and what the story they're trying to convey, what the talent on their end is looking to convey, mm-hmm. and try to spit it out. In a, in a way that's that's feasible for the audience to digest. Right. So it, it's you, we we literally we wear many hats, and, and I mean sometimes I mean you got the boss in your ear saying this thing, and you might go, I don't know what that means, but hey, there it is. I'll parrot it. I'll say it out, um, because that that he's obviously saying that for a reason. That's something he wants conveyed. Yeah. Um, How often do you, does that? It depends. Yeah. It depends on the week. There, gotcha. there are weeks where I will not hear his voice, mm-hmm. and there are weeks where I can't even hear my own voice because <laughs> it's just going, oh, my yeah. God. Um, but it's – so, yeah, it's it's kind of like we're where everything meets because right. we're the last the last 
date before the world. But do you feel like you've you've learned a lot about why decisions are made oh, and, and what the I, I've learned an entirely new side of the business that I mean I spent what 15 years on the indies and in FCW and NXT as a wrestler and you learn certain things you get a better idea as to why things are but now walking that line there's a lot of things that I would have just been just as quick to say this is so stupid why on earth would you do that nobody knows about that and then you go oh wait a minute I kind of get it now right and taking it into consideration this isn't you know your mom and pop indie fed anymore this is a global corporation right. we are a publicly traded company there are responsibilities that you and i will never understand mm -hmm. i could work there for 20 years and and still have no idea why this thing happened but because of some business deal in some country that, that part of their contract was we're going to do this thing it happens and you go that was dumb but then you go wait we like having money to put on good business so, right you know. and and the same way because You've been in a ring. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and go like that. That move that just happened doesn't make any sense. And you can go, whoa, Sam! Like you actually don't really know what you're talking about. It does make sense, and here's why: you haven't run a multi-million-dollar company. So it's like when they go like, yeah, I know you don't get this, but just you're gonna have to it. trust yeah, me. Exactly. And you're like, you know what? I guess it should. It's a great analogy. Yeah, I'm like, man, I think this is dumb. It's not gonna work. And I, but I've seen, I've been in the meetings and and heard the boss say some things and go that I went. There's no way. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I'm out there. I'm go and it happens, and the crowd erupts, and I go, "Damn it!" Yeah. I, 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 I guess I'm just gonna have to yeah. keep. I'm just it. gonna sit here and remember why I'm not a billionaire. Continue. Yeah. I'm gonna continue keeping my big fat mouth yeah. shut. <laughs> well, because that's why Corey Graves' opinions are kept to himself. That's right. That's exactly right. But. Well, uh, Corey Graves' opinions are not kept to himself. You can hear them every Monday night on Raw, every Tuesday night on SmackDown. Uh, at the time of this airing, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble will be in the past. However, you will be at Backlash, and you will know that it's Corey Graves' voice because it will be the voice that is there for every single match. I will be there for every single match. Uh, I may not have a voice by that point. I also may be in a Saudi Arabian prison. You don't I, know. I don't know. I mean, the world is full of possibilities. Look, Vader barely made it back from Iraq. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, you never know. Well, Corey, but, uh, uh, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to sit down and... Uh, and chat it up again. Chop it up. Yeah, that's a new phrase that I've just recently started using. Yeah, it sounds kind of cool. I think Maybe it's cool. Maybe it doesn't. I'm yeah, like, hey, hey, come over. We're gonna chop it up a little bit. Um, I actually know what the connotation is. It's not really a socially acceptable thing. It it's, is not. It, no, but okay. But uh, but most people don't know the connotation, so it's no, okay. No, they just go. I heard it in like a hip hop song, and they go, "Oh yeah," so I'm just gonna say it. Right. Well, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, look. People don't know what Ric Flair drip is. I have no idea. People, what that yeah. Means, so yeah. don't even worry about yep. it. Don't worry about no any clue. of it. Nobody knows what. Why one wants to party with Cardi or 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 or, or anything like it? I'm still trying to figure out. Um, Bardier, what, Car what's Bardier? I, I thought know. it was Cardi. I don't really know a whole lot about Cardi B except she uh, flossed out, about to change the game. That's right, right? And uh, something about uh, some part of her anatomy makes all the boys. Okay, so this is even worse. Like your only knowledge of Cardi B is from Bruno Mars. That's it. That's way worse. That's all. Yeah, not so, even from Cardi B no. herself. Just from no. the. What she does in the Bruno. I, saw, I mean, it's a great song. I saw a but... video on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's a nice girl. She yeah, seems she like is. a real, real she saint. Is. She's expecting. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Did you see her at Coachella? No. She was, uh, yeah, she was dancing with a part of her anatomy uh, while 
I think something like four months pregnant. It was pretty amazing. Hey, listen. It was pretty... Sometimes you got to go for it. Pretty amazing. Well, we'll do another show about Cardi B. Let's do it. But uh, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank and, you for having uh, me. Yeah. And we're close now. I drove in. We can do this again. We'll do it, we'll do it every week. Yeah. Twice we'll change, on Sunday. We'll change the name of the podcast from Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast to Chopping It Up with Corey Graves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. And before we go any further, don't forget, it's summer. It's finally getting warm outside. People come up to me. They go, Sam, I go to NotSam.com. I see all the podcasts. I see the Sam Roberts Now video show that you import from YouTube.com slash NotSam. I see all this content. I go to the NotSam store. I see the pins. I see the hoodies. Where are the t-shirts? Well, I'll tell you. If you're looking for NotSam shirts, if you're looking for Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast shirts, if you're looking for NotSam Mode t-shirts, if you're looking... For one of my favorites, I saw one at WrestleMania, the Shill Roberts Shill t-shirt. If you don't mind the fact that I shill, in fact, you support it the way I do, show the world with a Shill Roberts Shill t-shirt, and all of them are available at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get all the shirts that you need to support this podcast, to support the Not Sam brand, to support myself, and quite honestly, to put my young child through college, okay? I think it's a worthwhile investment, and I would do it. If you're looking for Not Sam shirts, if you're looking for Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast shirts, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash samroberts. Enjoy yourself, and let's get on with the show. Here is Sam Roberts. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was Corey Graves, the savior of misbehavior. I uh, really, uh, I find Corey Graves to be very, very interesting right now. Just the, the place that he's at in his career, he has progressed so far so quickly uh it's really astounding you know for a guy that never really had any aspirations to be a commentator to now be at the place where he's not he's on every show and really is the star of the show when he gets introduced or when the commentators get introduced live to the live audience they all come out to Corey Graves' music and Corey Graves' Titantron graphic and, and the whole thing. So I think it's just very, very interesting uh, to notice Corey Graves in this spot. And I'm interested to see where all this takes him. So thanks to Corey Graves. And that video will be available live from the Not Sam studio over at YouTube.com slash Not Sam later uh, within the next seven days or so. So before we get into the state of wrestling... Uh, there were a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Number one, congratulations to Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, who won the primary for the mayoral race in Knox County, Tennessee. Not the, not the, he's not the mayor. He's, he won the primary. A lot of people were tweeting uh, this week that Kane was the mayor. Kane is not the mayor. Kane is the Republican candidate for mayor, and it came in under the wire, apparently. Like they said that uh, the you know the primary happened earlier in the week, I think Wednesday night or Wednesday into Wednesday night, and what the the or Tuesday I should say, sorry Tuesday, Tuesday and into Tuesday night, and they had to wait till the last minute because Kane won his primary by only seventeen votes, less than one percent, seventeen votes. But all you need to do is win by one. Kane is the Republican candidate for mayor and. I really hope he wins. I think that as fans, we should all support everything that these superstars do outside of the ring. And when they start entering into positions that are so important, like politicians, 
I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Like, I think it's the best thing ever for wrestling that Jesse Ventura was the governor. Kane's going to be the mayor. Booker T might be the mayor at some point. It's just, it's great to see wrestlers prosper. And I think that it's something that we should celebrate. And one of the wrestlers that is prospering more than most is Batista. Batista is in the number one movie in the world, Guardians of the Galaxy. He does a great, I mean, I didn't see, no, I'm sorry, not Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers. He's one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't seen this Avengers movie yet. Everybody says it's absolutely fabulous. I'll tell you, Batista was great in the two Guardians movies, especially the second one. I thought he was really able to to flex his comedy muscle a little bit in that second one. The subtlety that he delivers his lines with uh, is really, really cool and not something you see too much in the world of pro wrestling. It's just subtlety is not an art that's practiced by the superstars of the WWE uh, by design. However, he is in the number one movie in the world, and, and I think he's going to continue to be a big star, but it's really interesting because, you know, it came up again this week that apparently Batista was looking for some kind of WrestleMania appearance and was ghosted by the WWE. You know, Batista wants to come in and out of WWE and build towards a Triple H Batista match at WrestleMania, which was supposed to already be in the works, apparently, is what Batista says, but Triple H isn't responding to his texts anymore. I would imagine as successful as the Avengers was, and as much as this story is getting everywhere, Batista has been responded to. I, I think that if he were looking to get that response, mission accomplished, because I find it difficult to believe that Batista is still not getting responded to. But, you know, I I, I, I do think that, I, I think that Batista and the way he was handled in his last run has gained him a certain amount of respect from the audience. I think his movie career and the way his last run went is going to make it so when Batista comes back the next time, he's going to be beloved. It's not going to be anything like it was the first time. The fact that you know, people were pissed because they realized that Batista was just coming back to win the championship and nobody wanted to see it. The fact that he didn't and Daniel Bryan won. He was honest about it in every interview. He did the bye-bye and quit you know, on his own terms again. And since then, has come across as so likable and such a legitimate fan and has been so successful in all these movies. I really think if Batista comes back for one more run, it's going to be the run that he deserved when he came back the first time. Like, I think it's finally, we're finally ready for a real special moment with Dave Batista. And I think uh, WWE would be out of their freaking minds to not utilize Batista. You know, I, I mean, I, I think it would be a huge coverage everywhere. I think people would be into it. I, I think you're, you're crazy. You're crazy. If Batista wants to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania next year, I get this year you wanted the attention to be on Ronda Rousey. It was that whole thing. Fine. No problem. But if Batista wants to wrestle Triple H next year, do Batista Triple H. Just do the match, you know. I figure out a story, do the match because I'm interested and I'd like to see Batista in the ring again. I just think it adds a lot of credibility to WWE and I want to see the guy get his, uh, his just due. And I think that's what'll happen. All right, let's move in. We, we, those two stories, that's how packed this week's state of wrestling in is those two stories didn't fit in. Those two stories were not part of my top five, but I thought we should talk about them here on the podcast. So I snuck them into the bridge. No more bridge. Let's get in to the state of wrestling. 
It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. So here we are, State of Wrestling time, and a lot to get into today. A lot to get into. Back to our top five format. I feel like with WrestleMania and with Dave LaGreca in last week, it's been a few weeks. We've been, I mean, it's WrestleMania time. You know, you're still in that WrestleMania hangover even a couple weeks after WrestleMania. And the fact that this year it was coupled with the greatest Royal Rumble, incredible, incredible. So the first item in my top five stories uh, of the week is WWE Sunday Night Heat coming to the WWE Network. Now, this may not be uh, news to some of you. I don't know if you consider it straight wrestling news, but for me, I think it's amazing. I I, I think it's the best news of the week. I'm, I only put it number five because I thought some of you might not agree with me, but Sunday Night Heat is coming to the WWE Network. It's supposed to be coming this Monday, May 8th. Uh, and I can't wait until that library is up there. I'm really glad Saturday, WCW Saturday Night is there. I want them to add more shows. I loved like 93 WCW Saturday Night. WCW Saturday Night in 93. It might not be the greatest show in the world, but it's what I watched as a kid. So that's what I really want up there. But Sunday Night Heat is amazing. And it really... Sunday Night Heat captures how hot WWE was at that time. Because now we look at Raw and SmackDown as the main shows. And every other show, whether it's Superstars or Main Event or, or whatever else is out there, kind of secondary, you know what I mean? You just kind of throw some matches together and it's really because you have a deal overseas or syndication or whatever. And Sunday Night Heat kind of became a forgotten show. But when Sunday Night Heat was launched, it was on MTV, of all networks, MTV, Sunday nights, 7 o'clock. That is a major time slot. And... This thing was treated like there were major storylines happening on Sunday Night Heat. This was a big show. This was one of those shows where if you were a fan around the time that Sunday Night Heat, you couldn't miss Raw or SmackDown or Sunday Night Heat. So that fifth hour did make a big difference in terms of storyline. It did end up exposing a whole bunch of new characters. The first couple years of Sunday Night Heat were the model that I think every third show intends to be, but never quite being. Sunday Night Heat was the one show that actually was that. Uh, so I can't wait. Plus, like, you know, when you want to... I like watching these old TV shows in their full format because it really becomes a time capsule for what was going on. But sometimes I don't have, you know, two-plus hours to watch an old episode of Raw or two hours to watch an old episode of SmackDown. The fact that you're going to get a show that's going to be what? 42 minutes or so after commercials are taken out and it's there and it's in its completion. It's less than an hour. Boom, boom, boom. Digestible. I can't wait. I'm very, very excited. Um, and the public enemy beatdown from the APA. Rob is putting that on Facebook is first on the search list. Yeah. Yeah. That was the match where public enemy came in. Apparently they didn't have a great attitude. Public enemy of course became famous in ECW they developed a mainstream name for themselves in WCW as one of the early acts to use tables. Uh, of course, not before Sabu, but one of the early acts to use tables. And they brought them to Nitro. And they made a name for themselves, and they ended up coming to WWE, and apparently they had chips on their shoulders when they got there. And WWE wasn't having it, and the locker room wasn't having it. So the APA came out there to teach them a lesson, and boy, did they. I can't wait. So many Sunday Night Heat memories. I cannot wait 
to take a look at uh, at what it is. Okay, so that's number five. Number four is, of course, Backlash. So this Backlash pay-per-view... Oh, excuse me. Don't worry about that. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not our deal. Uh, this Backlash pay-per-view, it's a little bit forgotten because of the Greatest Royal Rumble. As much as they were trying to promote Backlash, and we talked to Corey Graves about that earlier in the show, as much as they were trying to promote Backlash alongside... Uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. Let's be honest. Backlash has had a six-day build. We were able to promote Backlash for six days, and it kind of feels like we were able to promote Backlash for six days. You know, you've got a couple of interpromotional matches that don't make any sense. It hasn't really been established. You know, and it could have been. Let's go over match by match real quick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, Roman Reigns, I guess the main event... And this might be what they do. You know, now that these pay-per-views are dual-branded, the fact that they have Brock Lesnar as the Universal Champion, and clearly he's not going to defend, he's not going to be on every pay-per-view, which is actually good, because if Brock Lesnar were defending the Universal title at every pay-per-view, now that the pay-per-views are dual-branded, you would run into a problem of the WWE Championship never getting to headline. I would imagine that at Backlash this weekend... AJ Styles versus Nakamura, no disqualification, will and should be the headline match. That's the WWE Championship match. So uh, I think, you know, I really am not in favor, the more I've thought about it, of dual-branded pay-per-views. I, I, I think that, you know, the same thing kind of happened early. The more you combine rosters, the more integrity it takes away from the brand split. And I get that, you know, some of these pay-per-views felt thin when you had so many of them. But maybe do less of them. Maybe do, you know, six weeks in between each brand's pay-per-view and go back and forth a little bit. So you end up having a pay-per-view every three weeks instead of every two weeks. You know, you could probably cut off a couple that way if you want to do less pay-per-views. But I do worry that in co a dual-branded pay-per-view as a regular thing, if it's not the big four, big five or whatever, will hurt the integrity of the brand split. I think there's a high likelihood that it will, especially if you've got matches. This pay-per-view, because we're coming, we're only a few weeks removed from the Superstar shakeup. this pay-per-view needs to be the last one, other than like Survivor Series, where you've got dual-branded matches. I think Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe made sense up until the Superstar shakeup, but I think that we, we could have added some tension in there between Raw and SmackDown. What if you had this Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns match signed, but, like, like we could have built in story and there hasn't been any, right? Like, we could have gotten the same result. So the two dual brand matches are Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins versus The Miz. Okay, so Stephanie McMahon from Raw wants, or Kurt Angle, I guess, because Stephanie's not on TV. So Kurt Angle wants to have Roman Reigns versus uh, Samoa Joe on his on this pay-per-view. They advertised for it. But SmackDown is like, no, we got Samoa Joe. You can't have him for this match. And Kurt Angle, I mean, based on Kurt Angle's character, let's be honest, he would just be panicking because Stephanie McMahon wanted it. Kurt Angle, as a general manager character, really doesn't make any decisions himself. But... So Kurt Angle's got to go like, look, I got to have this. I got to have this match at this pay-per-view. And they go, all right, all right, you want this match? Okay, well, what if if we give you Samoa Joe, 
We want our guy, Seth Rollins. We want our guy, The Miz, to get the shot at Seth Rollins. We want the opportunity to not only have the U.S. championship, but to also have the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown. If you do that, we will give you Samoa Joe for the match with Roman Reigns. And Kurt Angle's in such a pickle. He advertised this match, and now he can't fulfill. Okay, fine. You got it. You got it. But instead, it's just kind of announced. Instead, it just says... We're just going to do these matches. You know, there's no story behind the Intercontinental title match, which I need. Either that, either the story I just laid out, where The Miz is getting the opportunity to take the Intercontinental Championship back to SmackDown in exchange for Samoa Joe facing Roman Reigns in this Raw match, or have Miz come out on SmackDown and say, I don't want to be on this show. This is the B show. And the only way I can get back on Raw is if I win the Intercontinental title because the Intercontinental title is Raw's title, right? So now either Miz is trying to get the Intercontinental title over to SmackDown and that's a big deal because, you know, now Raw's got no titles and SmackDown's got all of them. Or, or... Miz is trying to get onto Raw, and the only way to do that is to win a championship that is a Raw championship, the Intercontinental title. I feel like you got to go one way or the other. Otherwise, there's just nothing behind this match. Nothing. And it's kind of a foregone conclusion that the Miz is going to not win. Through uh, however ways, because why would he? Because there's no story that would lead him into winning. So I think, you know, either way... You have to have something here. There is there is nothing that is drawing us, at least with the Samoa Joe Roman Reigns thing, you had those promos early on. So you got a little bit of a rivalry, but really and honestly, there is nothing that is driving us to either of these two matches in terms of the interpromotional thing. If you're going to go so far as to have a Raw guy versus a SmackDown guy, there's a real easy way to tell a story there. And to me, that story's not being told. So I think... For both of those matches, you need to have that thing in there. And then, not only do you have a story for the matches, but it maintains the integrity of the brand split. There is a reason why a Raw guy and a SmackDown guy are fighting. You know, I had been told that Survivor Series was the one time of the year when Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head in competition. Compete in head-to-head competition. That's what I was told. So that means that's a special thing. So what's so special about Backlash that this is happening? Oh, well, the Superstar shakeup, and we had already thought these matches were going to happen, so we're just doing them. That's not a pay-per-view. That's not a pay-per-view. Um, AJ Styles versus Nakamura is the WWE Championship match. I think that that's a, that's a natural way to go. Uh, I like that it's no disqualification. I do wonder, because clearly the low blow is going to get used, Shinsuke Nakamura cannot let a week go by without punching a dick. That's what he does. He loves it. He, and, and it's a great offense. I mean, it works every single time. Shinsuke Nakamura loves a low blow. I think we could have a great moment if AJ Styles pulls a cup out of his pants and, and Shinsuke realizes that his greatest offense is null and void. If he goes for the low blow and then Triple H, I mean, and then AJ Styles just looks up and he pulls out like a solid steel cup that was protecting his groin area. And Nakamura's like, oh no! And AJ's like shaking it. And then he can hit him with the cup. How great would that be? Knock him out cold with the cup? I wouldn't be surprised if Nakamura wins the championship at uh, at Backlash. Clearly the no disqualification rule works in Nakamura's favor because 
he lost the the, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble match ended in a disqualification. Having disqualifications is good for the champion, not the challenger. So a no disqualification championship match always works in the benefit of the challenger. In this case, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, it would breathe life into this rivalry if Nakamura were the champion. I believe that Nakamura will win the title at uh, Backlash, hold it through Money in the Bank, maybe lose it in July, and that would bring us to SummerSlam, where AJ will be the champion once again and compete maybe against The Miz. But I would definitely have uh, Nakamura win the WWE Championship as a bad guy uh, uh, at the at Backlash. It'll certainly make it noteworthy, and it will give SmackDown a shot in the arm because ever since the shakeup, it's kind of been like, eh, I'm not really sure what they're doing here. Uh, Carmella versus Charlotte uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think Carmella should keep the championship. I don't know if you want two bad guy champions, but you got Jeff Hardy as the U.S. champion. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, this is all Carmella. And I think she's doing a great job. And, you know, she's not... She's just so... Her promos are great. Her trash talking is great. Her character, she has locked in on that character. And I think she's a very good bad guy champion. Uh, Raw Women's... Cha I wouldn't switch any of the, either of the championships. I think Nia Jax is a good Raw Women's Champion, but I'm excited for that match. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Keep the title on uh, Jeff Hardy. Again, keep basically keep all the titles on the champions as they go in, but switch the WWE Championship in the main event. You've made up for a lot. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Big Cass wins this one for the same reason as Nakamura. You know, I think that Daniel Bryan's always going to be beloved. Daniel Bryan can take a loss here and there. You know, I it... it it's odd because it feels like ever since he's come back, he's now being put into a slow build. You know, there hasn't been this rocket strap to him ever since he came back. He's just kind of back. So, again, I don't think this is the only match that these two are going to have. And I think if Daniel Bryan beats Cass the first time, number one, it doesn't leave Cass with a whole lot to do going forward. And number two, why are we going to see another big Cass-Daniel Bryan match if we already know Daniel Bryan can beat the big man? So I wouldn't be surprised to see Big Cass win this thing. And Braun Strowman versus, and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I think we both know that nobody is beating Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. Nobody's beating Braun Strowman, and we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But Bobby Lashley was brought back for a reason, and I think, you know, I think they're kind of figuring out exactly where Bobby Lashley lands uh, in, in the current landscape. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance that those guys lose. Um, let's move on. And, and, you know, and then you got pre-show, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a new day bar situation on the pre-show. You know, it's interesting because this would be the first one. It's scheduled for three hours and it's dual branded, which means there are guys being left off these shows. You don't have a Finn Balor on this show. You don't, there are lots of guys that are being left off the shows. You don't have a Finn Balor. You don't have a gender. You don't have, you know, a whole bunch of guys. So right now you don't have a New Day. You don't have a bar. You don't have the Authors of Pain. You don't have the Raw Tag Team Champions at all. You don't have the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You don't have the Bludgeon Brothers. So, I, you know, I think that's why I think we maybe should have moved to a more, to a six-week round where every three weeks there's a single-branded pay-per-view because otherwise you can't fit everything you need to fit on each of these shows. So, you know, next month at Money in the Bank, 
Are we going to have no Intercontinental and no U.S. and put the tag titles on the line? Are we going to leave the women off the show? We can't really do that because of the women's evolution. It gets very, very complicated, these dual-branded shows, but we'll see how it goes, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how this one starts. Uh, going into story number three, Being the Elite, the YouTube series is back. No surprise, I don't think. I think we all kind of expected that Being the Elite was not gone. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Hangman, Adam Page, Flip Gordon is part of the deal now, Marty Skrull, they're all, they're all a part of it, uh, as, as is to be expected. And we saw a little cameo from the Golden Lovers, so assuming that, uh, that the Golden Lovers will also be a part of this, and even though... Kenny Omega is not part of the elite anymore. He'll still be a part of this series, and I think he should. I think the real, and we found out what the on-sale date was for uh, All In on this week's episode, which is interesting. I think that the real takeaway from being the elite is what you can do as a truly independent contractor. That I don't understand why there aren't more guys out there doing stuff like this it might be one of those things where they're like oh well being the elite does the youtube show i don't want to do a youtube show but that's silly thinking everybody can do a youtube show you know you don't see being the being the elite being like ah we don't want to copy zach Ryder. you know you don't see me and jericho and austin and jr and all these big podcasts going like ah we don't want to copy cult cabana you know you don't you don't see that because there's enough out there for everybody. If you're good, you go out there and you just do it. And people like it. Like people, There's room in people's lives for multiple YouTube shows. There's room in people's lives for multiple podcasts. There's room in people's lives to follow all your Instagram stories. Like I just, I just think that uh, a lot more independent guys should be using social media, YouTube, Instagram, stuff like that, podcasts to get themselves over, to get creative, to tell their stories. Joey Janela is a guy with John Carlo, who's his video guy, that does an incredible job of getting himself over with social media and with videos. Video is where it's at right now. Podcasting, you know, if you're an independent guy, you want to do a podcast, you can, but it's easy to get lost in the mix. You're asking for an hour of people's time. They got to listen to it before they know. A video... You can give it to them four minutes. You can embed it on a Facebook page. You can embed it in a tweet. You kind of watch it on mute. Then you click for sound. Like it's real easy to get somebody on board to a short form video. If I'm an indie guy right now, I'm getting with the guy that I'm working with at the next show and I'm getting creative. If I'm going to wrestling school right now, I'm learning Final Cut Pro as well. If I'm going to wrestling school, I'm buying tights, knee pads. I'm learning backdrops. And I'm buying a laptop and Final Cut Pro and I'm learning video editing. And I'm getting a, you could do it on your iPhone. You don't even need video equipment. But you go out there, you make some short form videos, you get yourself over. People are hungry for content and there's no reason uh, why independent wrestlers should not be uh, satiating that hunger. What is being the elite? Few minutes a week? 20 at most? You got a lot of time in the day. A lot of time in the day. And what are you doing? You're sitting by your computer. You're watching you're, you're watching the Young Bucks video. You're watching a Sam Roberts interview. What do you do when you're on YouTube? Do you just watch one video and leave? No. You watch one of the great Sam Roberts interviews at youtube.com slash not Sam. And then you move on to the next thing. What's recommended for me over here? Oh, I keep hearing about this guy. Let me search this guy. Boom, 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 boom. Make it easy. People stay on YouTube when they're there. So why not create some content? If I, 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 if I could do anything... 
It would be to talk to independent wrestlers. It would be to talk to young broadcasters. It would be to talk to all these guys. Make some, make short form videos. Make short form videos and make them regularly and make them often. Give people content. It will catch on if you're good. But that's how you can get cream to rise to the top. Um, let's move on to story number two. And that's Raw this week, and it's a couple things. Number one, it's uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode came out, tangled with Elias once more. By the way, if you go back to the Superstar Shake-Up bonus show that's available on YouTube and on the podcast feed, uh, I clearly said that Bobby Roode should be in a program with Elias when he gets over to Raw. That's what I said. I was right. You know, not patting myself on the back, but it's true. Um... Bobby Roode should clearly be a bad guy. You know, right now, his entrance gets people excited. People like the song. But we don't know what a Bobby Roode is. Why does he keep saying he's so glorious? He he was the U.S. champion for a cup of coffee. He hasn't won any big matches. He hasn't been in any main events. He's great in NXT, but on the main roster, he's been good, not glorious. He's been good. He's been good, but he has not been glorious. Uh... And because of that, I think that coming out with a big song with pomp and circumstance, with a robe that says you're glorious, with your arms out like this, that feels like a bad guy thing to do to me. That feels like like something a bad guy would do, is proclaim that he was glorious without really having that much to back it up. And I think that that's what you got to cash in on. To me, I'm looking at the roster. I go, I don't really have anything for Bobby Lashley to do right now. I also don't really have anything for Bobby Roode to do right now. You got these two good guys that are popular, but what are they really doing? What if Bobby Lashley comes out and he's like, look at me, I'm so big. Look at me, I'm so big. And he's sitting there and, and all the fans love him and he's got his headband on, he's looking all pretty and he's, he's beating people up and he's holding people up for a very long time and doing all this stuff. And Bobby Roode comes out and attacks him. What if Bobby Roode says, hey, Lashley, you might be big, you might be strong, but you're not glorious. You know, Bobby Lashley is getting all this attention as the new guy. Bobby Lashley is the guy that everybody's got to watch out for, but he's not glorious. Well, how come, how come when, when Bobby Roode showed up and Bobby Lashley showed up at right about the same time, Bobby's not on pay-per-view, Bobby's not in main events, why is Lashley the one that's paired up with Braun Strowman as look at this unstoppable team? When the glorious one is over here, not getting any attention paid to him except by Elias. I say that, that that's Bobby Roode's cue to say, hey, I don't like where this is going. If it's me right now, I turn Bobby Roode into a bad guy and I set him up to feud with Bobby Lashley. We could call it the Battle of the Bobbies, the Double Bs, whatever you want to do. Lashley versus Rude. The Glorious One versus the Dominator. Whatever you want to do. But Bobby Lashley is on is in no man's man, no man's land a little bit right now because he's big and he's popular, but he's not as big or popular as Braun Strowman is. So almost pairing with Braun Strowman doesn't do him that great of a service because the attention's on Braun. Um, although, I mean, I like them as a team because they're truly, they've come across as completely unbeatable. But that said, you know, Bobby Roode's doing nothing as well. Make Bobby Roode a bad guy. When Bobby Roode was in NXT and really took off, he was a bad guy. He was a bad guy. People cheered for him, but he was a bad guy. Bobby Roode naturally is a bad guy. Not in real life, 
but his character, the glorious one, is a bad guy. Why would a good guy call himself the glorious one? Good guys have humility. Good guys want to just put on a good show. Bobby Roode wants all the attention on him. Bobby Roode wants the world to say that he's glorious. That's not nice. That's not good. Bobby Roode versus Lashley is the way to go, as far as I'm concerned. Um, James is saying, would you buy uh, into a heel faction with Bobby Roode as its leader, kind of like the main event mafia? Well, I mean, it sounds too much like the main event mafia. Like, I, I would steer away from, no, you know, and I'll tell you why I wouldn't want, first of all, we don't see many factions anymore. And second of all, if Bobby Roode were to have a faction, it would have to be, you know what I would do? I'll tell you what I would do for a Bobby Roode faction. Oh, you ready for this one? Bobby Roode is the guy that is finally going to inherit the Miztourage. If Bobby Roode has a faction, it needs to be a group of guys that are just yes-men for Bobby Roode. If it's up to me, Bobby Roode can have a faction, but his team is going to not be the Miztourage anymore, the Glorious Ones, which are Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Glorious Bo and Glorious Curtis. <laughs> the Glorious Ones. And Bobby Roode comes out, and let, let Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas hold the smoke machines next to Bobby Roode as Bobby comes out. Like, you know, Bobby Roode, uh, uh, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are there to make sure that all of the attention is paid to Bo Dallas. Like those bikini girls at WrestleMania 9 holding up the mirrors for Lex Luger, except two dudes, and they're doing it for Bobby Roode. And Bobby Lashley is like this big, uh, strong, working man's hero type of guy. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, Alan says, wouldn't he be looked at as a wannabe Miz? No, because glorious and awesome are two separate things. And you're getting away from Miz-tourage, right? Miz-tourage is because entourage. Like the whole Miz character is based on Hollywood and acting. Not, nothing about that is what's going on with Bobby Roode. Like clearly Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are keeping their characters, right? So you have to figure out how to put the Miztourage characters in with somebody that it won't draw similarities to the Miz. To me, that's Bobby Roode. That's what you do because he's not. It's a different thing. It's just ego. It's just it's glorious. It's not Hollywood. Glorious and Hollywood to me are two very separate things, and you would treat them as such. You know, Bobby Roode isn't going to come out in new crazy paraphernalia every time. He's going to have a big wrestling robe. He's a glorious wrestler. And Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are just there under the learning tree of a bad guy, Bobby Roode, whose first big challenge is Lashley. Makes sense to me. I don't know what you guys think. Tom says, glorious and awesome are two different things. Hot take. I think so. I think absolutely. Awesome is a lot more colloquial. Awesome is a lot more all-encompassing glorious, awesome is like a, 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 oh man, he's awesome. Awesome is like your favorite. Glorious is almost like a deity. Glorious is something like we could all one day be awesome. We couldn't be glorious. Also, awesome just means you're cool. Glorious comes from glory, comes from winning. The glorious one is very different from I'm awesome. Very different. Also, He's not the awesome one. He's, I'm the Miz and I'm awesome. The glorious one is to say there is one guy who's glorious. Nothing about what the Miz says says he's the only awesome guy. 
He just says he's an awesome guy. Bobby Roode says he's the glorious one. And he's going to teach Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel how to also be glorious. Makes sense. It completely makes sense. Caitlin is saying, what about wonderful? Very different as well. Glorious is all about winning and being the one glorious winner. Awesome is about being a cool dude who's really good at a bunch of stuff and it's just the man. So glorious is winning. Awesome is the man. Wonderful is just happiness is abound. Wonderful is we've we've we're we're overjoyed at the way things are going. There is no ego in wonderful. Wonderful is commenting on a situation and how great it is. It doesn't mean that you are responsible for it. Glorious is all ego. Awesome is a lot of ego. Wonderful is no ego. That's why Woke and Matt Hardy can be a good guy. Because he's not saying I'm wonderful. This isn't like Mr. Wonderful. He's saying this is wonderful. Wonderful. He doesn't say he's, he doesn't say I'm wonderful. He goes, wonderful. Very different. Very distinct. Very important to make these distinctions. That's how you know who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. The other thing from Raw, speaking of good guys and bad guys, is uh, Braun Strowman. Now listen, guys. I hope that when the history of Braun Strowman is told, I get as much credit as I am deserved. I told you all that Braun Strowman was a good guy, like, I mean, right after he beat up James Ellsworth. I told you way early on that he was a good guy. You were like, no, he's not clearly a bad guy. I was like, no, he's a good guy. And he was. I was right. He was a good guy the whole time. Now, I want you to go back on YouTube, on the podcast feed, however you want to uh, digest it, and watch the podcast that I did with Peter Rosenberg coming off of the Greatest Royal Rumble. I explained my Braun Strowman theory in detail, and I might even cut the video so you guys can, so I can just put it out there as an individual thing. I explained my theory about Braun Strowman in detail to Peter Rosenberg, and about how really people are like, oh, is Braun Strowman going to get Roman Reigns' spot? He's already got it. He already has it. Braun Strowman is already the guy. Whether we know it or not, whether even Vince McMahon is ready to admit it or not, Braun Strowman is already the guy. He already has taken Roman Reigns' spot as the guy not in the fans eyes not in the officially it's over Braun Strowman has the spot Braun Strowman is the guy the reason that the uh uh Saudi Royal Rumble the greatest Royal Rumble ended with Braun even had a championship title associated with it is because they knew Braun Strowman was going to win the reason they wanted a title, a championship belt associated with it, a physical thing, is because they wanted, WWE wanted, the Saudis and the world to see, at the end of this first historic show, Braun Strowman holding a championship title over his head. If Roman Reigns was the guy, Roman Reigns would have beaten Brock Lesnar in the last match at the Greatest Royal Rumble, and that final shot would have been Roman Reigns holding a title over his head. That wasn't what the shot was. The final shot of the Greatest Royal Rumble was Braun Strowman holding a title over his head. That is because Braun Strowman is the guy. That is the image that the WWE wants to be ingrained in people's heads. That Braun Strowman is the number one dude and nobody beats him. I'm Braun Strowman and nobody beats me. That's, that's what the WWE wants portrayed. And if you didn't believe me over the weekend when I said it, if you didn't believe me when I said it leading to WrestleMania... Would you believe me now after you watched Raw? 
and you saw Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns on the same team, and that match was all about Braun Strowman and Braun Strowman's music played, the entire six-man tag on Raw was about making Braun Strowman look like a big, massive, powerful star. And Roman Reigns was in that match. Braun Strowman's the guy. Watch Raw again. Tell me I'm wrong. Watch my explanation for it or listen to it on the Greatest Royal Rumble Recap Podcast. Braun Strowman is already the number one guy there. He already is there. He's the one. And sucks for... I mean, it's probably the best thing that's ever going to happen to Roman Reigns because now he's going to have that pressure off of him and he's going to be able to just perform. And and he's going to be able... The number one guy can't turn heel. Roman Reigns can turn heel now because Roman Reigns is not the guy anymore. The guy doesn't continuously lose to Brock Lesnar and make excuses about it. I'm not going to come out here and make an excuse because I know I won. No, you didn't. You don't have the championship. That's not what the guy does. John Cena never did that. John Cena would never come out and say, you know, I'm not going to make excuses because I know I'm the winner. Hogan, never. Austin, never. Rock, never. Never. Undertaker, never. Roman's not the number one guy anymore. And Braun Strowman is. It was clear on Raw. It was clear at the Royal Rumble. And it's clear if you watch or listen to the podcast I did with Rosenberg. I'm just saying. There it is. It's done. I mean, Miguel says it best. They go, Sam, how do you predict this? Miguel knows already. It's because I watch the shows. He knows. He knows. So that's what I got away from Raw. And the number one story of the week is where does Ronda Rousey land at SummerSlam? So this was one of those articles that was out there. uh, And I was really, I thought it was really weird that this was a thing. People are going, uh, they were predicting that Ronda Rousey may face Nia Jax at SummerSlam. No, of course not. So clearly, we are headed to an Alexa Bliss and Mickey James versus Ronda Rousey and Natty match. Here's what is going to happen, in my opinion, and what I would have happen. Ronda Rousey and Natty will team up to face Alexa and Mickey at Money in the Bank. They will win. They will have another tag team match at the July pay-per-view, whatever pay-per-view that is. They will lose. Ronda Rousey's team will lose. Natty will get pinned. Ronda Rousey will go to help her. Natty will turn on Ronda Rousey. The fact that this tag match is not happening at Backlash uh, leads me to believe that this is even more true. Ronda Rousey's opponent at SummerSlam, I clearly believe, will be Natty. You know, the, the only reason to build up that Natty and Ronda are such good friends and they're training partners and Ronda's, Ronda keeps having Natty's back, keeps having Natty's back, keeps having Natty's back. Because Natty's going to turn on her. Why else would you do it? It's wrestling. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was taken aback when, like, there were even conversations about it because to me it's very obvious. And I could be wrong. Plans could change. I could just not know what I'm talking about. But I think it's clear that at SummerSlam, we'll see Ronda Rousey versus Natty, and it will be Ronda's first singles match in the WWE. And Natty's the perfect opponent for her. Ronda, uh, Nia's not. I think Nia's great. But who's got the most experience on that roster? Who's probably the best wrestler in terms of carrying somebody through? When it was time for Charlotte to break through, who was her first big match with? Natty. Go down the line. Natty's the person that you put people in matches with when it's time to really make them look great. 
And that's where we're at with Ronda Rousey. I believe that Ronda Rousey's opponent at SummerSlam in August will be Natty. All right, guys. Let's, uh, let's call it a day here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again to Corey Graves for being a part of it. Don't forget to uh, check the YouTube channel for everything that we talk about and everyone that we talk to here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. If, if you want to watch this live when we do State of Wrestling, go over to facebook.com slash notsam and like the page, and we will see you next week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.